Hey, my name is Brianna, and you're listening to the FCC Grayson Podcast. God is doing some incredible things here at First Church. To learn more about FCC and maybe plan your visit, head on over to FCCGrayson.com. We hope today's message gives you hope, inspires, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive into today's message. Well, guys, welcome. Thank you for joining us here this morning. If you're visiting with us, if this is your first time with us, my name is Ben James. I'm the lead pastor here at FCC. We are glad that you are here with us. We're glad that you are joining us online. Uh, we would encourage everyone, if this is your first time here with us or first time viewing online, uh, go to fccgrayson.com. We have a contact us section in there. We'd love to uh, be able to connect with you. Uh, that way we can know that you're here with us and that uh, we can be reaching out and praying for each and every one of you. Uh, before I get into my message this morning, we have spent a couple weeks uh, speaking uh, in regard to mental and emotional health. We've taken a look biblically at the kind of the foundational groundwork of these issues, these things that each and every one of us on some level are dealing with uh, during this time. And what I want to remind everyone is, you know, there's different roles that we all play in this journey into the health, um, you know, mental and emotional health and wellness. One of the things that we do here as a church is that we, we help from a spiritual angle. We help from a perspective, from a spiritual, from an eternal angle and perspective on our mental and emotional health. That's what we're doing. Looking through scripture, that's what we're here for you throughout the week for as you reach out to us as we begin to talk with you and pray with you and speak with you and counsel with you. We approach it from a spiritual angle. And we know that the Bible talks about that. We, you know, cast all your worries on God, all your anxieties. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything be thankful and rejoice in him. But I, would, I feel it would be amiss if we didn't at least bring public attention to the fact of there are times when the things that we're dealing with mentally and emotionally are spiritual in nature, perspective-driven, and has a view of eternity, whether it be a good view or a poor view of eternity. But there are also many cases where it's physical, where it's clinical, where it is a chemical thing that needs to be treated by medical professionals. We urge you to make sure that you're not neglecting that portion of this journey into health as well. The first step in that is a good step of most of your, all of your primary care physicians. Begin with there. Start with them because everyone that I know of in the medical field, especially here locally, has your best interest at heart. They really want to see you healthy. Uh, so we want to remind you that this is, this is not just a spiritual thing that we deal with at times. Sometimes it's very physical. Sometimes it's a clinical, chemical thing that needs to be diagnosed, needs to be treated. So we want to encourage you, if you are struggling, reach out to your medical health uh, friends, your professionals that treat you. Um, this morning, if you want to go ahead and be turning to the book of Romans, we're going to be in, start at Romans chapter 12. But I want to... Um, I want to kind of lay a statement out here that I want you to have in the forefront of your thoughts as we begin uh, looking. This is going to be a little bit more of a practical application message. Over these next couple weeks, at least that's the plan. We've looked, uh, you know, we started looking foundationally at how we 
arrive in understanding that all of us are not okay. Remember, we've used the Matt Chandler quote. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We looked at the life of Elijah last week. We looked at the Israelites and their remembrance uh, of God delivering them from not only Egypt, but also from the wilderness going into the promised land. This week, we're going to be talking about renewing your minds. But I want to, I want to have a statement that's at the forefront of your thoughts. Uh, what if the obstacles that you face are actually proof that you're on the right track? What if the obstacles, what if these obstructions, what if these challenges that you are currently facing, what if they are there as evidence that you're headed the right way, that you're going in the right direction? So just be thinking of that as we go along. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we see this written. I guess it would help if I would have turned to Romans to begin. There it is. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's bow in a word of prayer this morning. God, help us this morning to lean on you all the more. Help us to focus on you like we've never focused on you during this time in your word. God, as we have read your word, as we continue to speak about your word over this next little bit, God, I pray that our hearts are attuned to your heart, that our ears are listening to your voice as it speaks, that we will lay aside everything that has hindered us up until this point, the points of resistance, uh, the points of, of doubt. God, we just ask that we would remove those and allow you to speak to our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that you use me, utilize my voice, to convey your message accurately this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, um, I was spent most of the day yesterday doing uh, yard work. Uh, it was a glorious day. Um, and if you, you know, my daughter's not here this morning, but if she were here, she says that I live for my lawnmower. That uh, she actually thinks that maybe I care more for my lawnmower than I do her, which is not accurate all of the time. It's not accurate all the time. But you know, I was thinking about this, these obstacles, these obstructions, these challenges that we all face. And you know, one of the unique things I talked about last week that I don't think that we're necessarily facing mental and emotional challenges, things coming up and coming against us that are completely new and completely different to things that we've ever faced before. Because I believe fear, doubt, um, you know, despair, anger, frustration, confusion, delusionment in some cases, all of these things, I don't think that we've, I don't think any of these are new to us. At least they're not to me. But I think the frequency 
And the amount of all of these things deciding to have a party in our heads all at one time, I think is something that we don't have a really good blueprint for. I don't think we have the grid of understanding for that, of how do I process all of these in a healthy way all at one time. And I think another layer to that challenge this morning is this, is that most all of us always have struggles. We, we will always be facing a challenge of some sort in our life. But I don't know that we can look around at all the people that we see in here this morning and all the people that we see in our everyday lives. I don't think that there's ever been a time in my lifetime, at least, that I've been able to look and go, there is such a severity of challenges and obstacles that's happening in every person I know. And what it could be beforehand was that I'm facing something that's very weighty. I'm facing something that's big. I'm facing something that's really, really challenging. And I could come to multiple people in this congregation, and while you all would be facing you know, challenges of your own, sometimes, most of the time, it would be my situation would be able to be considered a little bit more weighty than yours. And then we, so we've got one person who's not facing as much of a challenge being able to really pour into another person who is facing a challenge, a big challenge at that moment. But what we're seeing now is that I've got big challenges, and guess what? All y'all have big challenges too. And it's tough for us to really be able to process and pour into others the way that we need to pour into them when we're facing big challenges as well. And we're going to talk about that a little bit next week as to how we can minister to others during this time period and how God can, can use us. But this morning, as we're looking at this passage out of Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul's making an appeal here to the church in Rome. And he's saying that to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Now, how many of you in here think that presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is something that you achieve on a daily basis? Ah, me neither. Me neither. But Paul's laying this out here like this is entry-level Christianity. This is where we need to start. This is presenting ourselves as holy, acceptable unto God is our Spiritual worship, one of the translations says that it's our reasonable act of service. That this is what we do as believers. And then he takes a step beyond that and he says in verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transferred by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I want us to take this morning and look at this challenge of renewing our mind, of the battle that's going on in our mind. You know, one thought that occurred to me throughout this week that this, the battle in our minds, the thought life that we have, is the one area where we do not get a break from. It is a 24-7 ongoing battle. Yes, even when we're asleep in our subconscious, the battle for and of our mind continues to rage on. We can have very, very significant problems in our workplace, but at some point, we're at least going to be able to detach from the workplace. You can't do that with the battle of your mind. It's always there. 
It's always raging. It's always something that we battle against. So I want us to look at this renewing of our mind through the lens of obstacles this morning. And, and I, I want to share this story with you. Um, if you will return in the theater of your mind, if you'll return with me to the summer of the year of our Lord, 1995, I am getting ready to head into my senior year of high school. And I decide I need to start getting some volunteer hours. I need to start getting some credits for a resume so that I can get into college, which I did get into college. Praise the Lord. But I spent more time shooting pool than I did sitting in a classroom. But that's another subject for another day. I decide to volunteer at Camp Webb. So I go up there, I'm one of the group leaders, I stay in the dorm with them, and I do this for a, a good portion of the summer. And, and I remember one week, there was one camper, bless his heart, I will never ever forget his name, Mathis. 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 I mean, this kid, mm, and he bunked right above me. Too. Like there was no escaping this kid. He wasn't even in my group during the day, but I'd look and there he was. He, mm. At the end of camp, we had a local band come up and they were playing. You know, they, we had popcorn and stuff for the kids and just a night of fun for them. And Mathis comes up to me and he goes, Mr. Ben, can you do me a favor? Sure. He said, Can you go ask them if they know any Charlie Pride? Charlie Pride? Kid, I barely, most of y'all in here don't know who Charlie Pride is. Like, what is, you, God didn't make honky-tonk angels? I mean, what are we wanting here? Charlie Pride. And I said, okay, I'll ask him what, uh, what song. He's like, doesn't matter. He said, because anytime I hear Charlie Pride, I think of my mom. Both, both parents were, were not in the picture. Long, sad circumstances. It was, it was a terrible thing. And then he just started to cry. And he said, you know, this week, he said, every time I've needed you, you've been there for me. And I'm not used to that. And I was like, all right, kiss an angel, good morning, it is. So, i tell you that moment of building of this trust, this relationship, to kind of give you an idea of the story that I'm about to tell you, the next day before they all went home, we had like water Olympics that morning to send them off. And one of the challenges was a relay race in the swimming pool. But the kicker to it was that there were going to be people designated and assigned to be challenges for you, to be obstacles for you that you didn't even know about. And I was one of those people that they told me, they was like, don't let them know, act like you're going to help them, and then just, you know, sabotage their whole race. I'm like, all right. And we get in the water, and Mathis is on my team, of course. And I finish my first leg of it, and I come back, and, you know, they start getting in the water, and Mathis was the one right after me. And I'm sitting there for the first little bit of his swim, and I'm cheering him on and everything. And the next thing I know, you know, the next thing that I'm supposed to be doing is I just take his head and I dunk it. And then I push him back. It took a little more enjoyment 
out of it than what I probably should have. But he got into the pool thinking that I was on his team. And here I betrayed him. And I dunked him and I pushed him back. And I ultimately kept him from, from winning the race. And once we were done, he got out of the pool and he come up to me just red-faced, crying, angry and everything. He's like, I can't believe you do that to me. And I'm like, just doing my job, man. And he looked at me and he went, I trusted you, man. I trusted you. And my heart sank. I was like, oh, dude. You know, I think that some of the challenges that we face now are like that situation. We all face challenges, right? But how many of you have faced challenges in here and maybe been obstructed or maybe been offended by someone or something that you'd spent your whole life trusting? What about that person that maybe through before this season of life that you went to, you confided in, they were your trusted source, they were the ones that you looked at first and foremost to speak into your life. Maybe they have voiced a social or a political opinion or 30 throughout this time that now all of a sudden this trusted source that you once had now stands on the opposite side of an ideological thought or a belief that you have and this person that you were swimming beside of for so many years is all of a sudden you feel like just taking your head and dunked you and pushed you back and has hindered your race. See, we all face challenging circumstances. And the beginning of defeating these, the beginning of overcoming these is renewing our minds. Turn to 2 Corinthians Chapter 10. I want to read verses 3 through 5. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Before we really begin to exposit this passage this morning, let me insert a thought here with you. That if you really resonated with that example of maybe there's been someone who you thought was up here but through this time has been proven moved down to here because of differences. Understand that that person is not your enemy. That person is not who you're fighting against. That person who thinks differently than you, they're not your enemy. That person who looks different than you is not your enemy. The person that believes differently than you, they're not your enemy. That person who you get so up in arms about or that people group that you're so up in arms about, they are not your enemy because our fight is not against flesh and blood. You see, so often, one of the biggest challenges in our mind is to actually see other people the way that Jesus Christ sees them because we automatically want to see them and define them by what they think, how they act, what they speak, how they believe. 
And we draw our judgments and conclusions from there, and we distance ourselves or we draw closer to them, whichever one we feel more gravitated towards doing, whether we agree or disagree with them. But what Paul is telling us here, and I, I want us to look at something because I want to set a little bit of a context here. It's the church in Corinth, and Paul is facing some criticism. He's facing some criticism. He helped to start this church. He helped to plant it. He helped to establish it. He's taught them. He's instructed them. He's served as their apostle. And now he's facing a little bit of kickback. He's facing some criticism. Basically, if you read the first couple uh, passages there, it says that his critics are saying, hey, this Paul guy, when he puts pen to paper, man, he's really bold. But when he's with us, He's really kind of meek. He doesn't, you know, he's not that bold. You know, what we would equate that to is now what we would call a keyboard warrior. Man, on social media, they're really bold. They're really vocal. They're really loud. But in person, they're not that big. They're not that bad. Paul takes this moment of criticism, takes this moment of critique, takes this moment from a different belief, a different ideology, and he begins to teach the church at Corinth because he's writing to believers here. Let me read it again. For, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So the first word I want us to look at here in verse 4 is strongholds, okay? Strongholds can mean different things in Scripture. We see that used often both in Old Testament and New Testament times. Strongholds, fortresses, basically in some other translations. We need to make sure that we're viewing this word stronghold in the context of what Paul is talking about, and Paul is talking here in context about what we think. He's talking about our minds right here. He's talking about how you process things, how you recognize things, how you see different situations and different circumstances that you're facing or that are coming against you. He's saying that it's in here that we wage war with these things. And we need to make sure that we are setting our focus right in our mind. Again, Romans, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not to reset, not to reform, renew. To make new completely different than before. So now he's saying that in this context, he's talking about our thought life. He's talking about what goes on in this, in this battle of our mind that rages 24-7. Strongholds in our thought life are oftentimes our belief systems, are often our values, are often our politics, are often our ideologies, the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we've been raised, the way that we've been taught, the way that we process things. He's saying, don't, don't be slaves to those. Don't be ensnared in that captivity of those strongholds. Because guess what? Your ideals and the way that you think will often betray you. So let's look. How do we renew our minds? And I want to give you three first foundational steps of how we renew our minds. Because again, 
this mental, emotional health thing where it's a processing thing at the very beginning. So how do we renew our minds? First point I want to give you is please don't believe everything you think. And I'm looking at some of you a lot closer than I am others. Please don't believe everything that you think. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. Amen? Truth is not something that changes. Truth does not change. Truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our understanding of truth changes. Our revelation of truth changes. Truth doesn't change just because I think something is true. Truth is truth because God is truth, and he declares in his word what is true. Don't believe everything that you think. In the ERV version, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, Nothing can hide its evil as well as the human mind. It can be very sick, and no one really understands it. Finally, somebody gets my mind. It's evil. Nothing can hide this evil. So what's one of the first steps in fighting this battle of renewing our mind? Don't believe everything you think. And with everything that is holy, do not believe everything you read. Please. Fight for it. Paul talks about taking every thought captive later in this passage, which means that there's a reason that Paul says that if we need to take every thought captive, means that some of them doesn't, know, doesn't need to be free. Not, and side note, not every thought needs to be expressed. Whether it be verbally or by keyboard. Sorry, very few of us do this anymore. By keyboard. Don't believe everything that you think. You know, one of the, thing, one of the practices that, that I do, which uh, a lot of people, if they see me or hear me doing this, probably question my sanity. And hey, you know, maybe they've got a legitimate question. Um, but one of the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life is to lead us into all truth is to guide us into all truth. That's kind of, if we're putting together a job description for the Holy Spirit, that's one of the things that he's responsible for doing. Guiding us and leading us and revealing all truth. If I have a thought in my head that I'm kind of wondering, okay, is that really true or not? I'll go, sometimes audibly, Holy Spirit, is that true? Holy Spirit, is that true? You know what? He's faithful to answer. Don't trust everything you think. Don't believe everything that you think because the mind is evil. Be very sick and no one really understands. Romans 7, Paul talks about this. He says, it's the things that I want to do that I don't do and it's the things that I don't want to do is what I find myself doing. You know, so Paul's saying, I really know I need to do this but I don't. I really don't want to be doing this, but guess what? It's what I do. 
And he's talking about the, this evil nature of our flesh, of our minds, that it's going to lead us over here every time. If it's not subjected, if it's not each thought taken captive by the Holy Spirit, it's going to lead us into destruction. So much so that Paul, at the end of that statement, goes, Oh, wretched man am I. Don't trust every thought that you have. The next thing. Guard your mind from garbage. Can I say it louder again for the people in the back? Not like literally the people in the back, so nobody get offended, okay? Guard your mind from garbage. Proverbs 15, 14 in the New Living Translation says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Take a moment, let that soak in, in all of the dissimulation of information that we have at our disposal today. When everything comes at us at breakneck speed and we don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's indifferent, what's out there to intentionally throw us off, to draw us in to a narrative, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Folks, this is an area of where this word is so important in your life. So critically important in your life because God's word is true. It, stand, it has stood the test of time. It's God's living, living spoken word that's revealed to the hearts of his children. And guess what? It's not going to change. It's not going to lose relevance. It's not going to lose credibility. There's not going to be a time that somebody's going to pop up and go, oh, we just found inerrancy in the, in the Scripture, in God's Word. Now, again, I'm laying aside all these trans, trans, translational things that we can say, well, this says this and this says this. In its purest form, God's Word is 100% true. Amen? Amen. Lastly, this morning, the third point. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Colossians 3.2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Please don't allow the things that are going on around you to define you more than what's going on within you. Don't allow the things that are going on around you define you more than what's going on within you. What's going on within you is hope. What's going on within you as a believer is peace, is strength, is clarity. And it's love and mercy. Because as a believer, what's going on inside of you is God's Holy Spirit is dwelling in there. That is what should define us, not the chaos of what's going on around us. Have you ever seen a person react in an uncontrolled uh, manner in a moment of chaos? Anybody? 
at least on TV, (laughs) because everything's accurate on there, right? Have you ever seen someone respond in a moment of chaos in an uncontrolled manner where they have actually helped the situation? I haven't. And I've been that person before. And you all know my, uh, my love for the, the creepy, crawly, legless things the devil describes as the devil. Anybody who thinks snakes are cute? It's right there. Where was I? Well, huh? I was mowing the yard. Yeah, I was definitely doing. <laughs> set your things on. Set your mind on things above, not the devil. You'll get distracted each and every time. Chaos. <laughs> this is where I was. I was in chaos. When we react from what, with what's going on around us, with what's in us. It's peace, it's hope, it's strength. It gives a message to a lost and dying world that our minds are set on things above. Our hope is not on the things that are happening here. Our our joy is not what's taking place here, but our joy is rooted and grounded in something internally. And I imagine this scene when the disciples are on the boat and Jesus is asleep and like the, the hurricane-type storm flares up, I just imagine kind of that type of situation taking place amongst the disciples, that like all of them break into chaos and not one of them is actually helping the situation. They may be trying to help the situation, but they're not. But there was one on the boat who was at perfect peace because it wasn't about the things that was happening around him. It's what was happening in him. I'd like to ask the praise team if they would to come back up this morning. So as we're facing these challenges, as we're facing these obstacles, even at times when these obstacles seem to be the things that we've trusted for so long, as we're facing these mental challenges, as we're facing these emotional challenges, Understand that God, the word, the prescription is that we need to renew our mind. That's where we start. In the battle of our mind, renew it. Don't believe everything you think. Take every thought captive. Run that. There's a reason that God's God and I'm not. There's a reason that God's God and you're not. Because I can't be trusted. Don't believe everything you think. Guard your thoughts. Guard yourself from garbage. Those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, that are holy, that are are these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. And set your mind on things above. It's a moving my perspective from all of these things that's happening around me And I'm not acting like they're not existing. So don't think that's what I'm encouraging you to do. But my focus, my hope, 
my affections, my peace, all of this internal stuff that I control comes from God Almighty. 